Hi, and welcome to the fourth installment of the Couch Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Molly Sumridge, and today we're going to be talking about a very simple yet very complicated topic, um, one that many of our members and our friends are very passionate about, and that's why agility. And I have three very special guests. One of them is our very own Katie Brennan, but who are our other two guests? Hi, uh, I'm Caitlin Pushkosh. I uh, am a trainer at Pinelands Dog Training Center in Metro New Jersey. I've been competing with a couch pig, not a couch wolf, uh, <laughs> for the last eight years about. And I have a young, up-and-coming Shetland sheep dog that I do agility with as well. And my name is Sarah Zislin. I have two wire-haired dachshunds, which is your OG sport terrier cross. And I have a large-sized, extra-large-sized Pitbull mixed terrier cross that I occasionally compete with. Big pig and a little pig. Big pig and a little pig. And, you you know, our listeners might be wondering, you know, well, you know, we know Katie has primitive dogs, but, you know, our other two guests, maybe not so much, but our other two guests have handled numerous dogs and helped train numerous dogs through their agility training classes and their handling and agility. So they've definitely got the experience and a lot of know-how, and they've competed at some of the top uh, competitions. In fact, you guys are right now, you didn't compete in it, I don't believe, this weekend, but you are watching Westminster Agility right now as we speak. Yes, yes, yeah. we are. Four West Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's is on mute in the background that we're just staring at it sometimes. Yeah, Sarah's dog was actually in the commercial for Westminster. Yeah. We got to see a nice zoomed in picture of her wired hair just wrecking in away. Leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. And I know Sarah, you competed last year, correct? I am a former former Westminster finalist, international podium champion in UKI, and she was number one dachshund for 2017 in the preferred class. Wow, that's some that's some pretty phenomenal brags. That's fantastic. And for all of you um, dedicated listeners, you'll recognize Caitlin from our very first podcast where we were talking about <laughs> um, amusing dog training ideas that have yet to die and what we will certainly resurrect that subject in the near future but since you know everyone's right now talking about agility and competition in Westminster and Katie is presently back on the east coast for a couple of days we decided to take advantage of this opportunity and get everyone together for this podcast so pretty sweet and it was Katie's idea so thank you Katie yeah I did it yay <laughs> and I realized I'm being naughty and still have the sound on my phone okay that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. I know. Well, it's Couch Wolves admins that are messaging me, so it's all good. <laughs> it still counts, right? Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be, well, talking about what these ladies know best, which is agility. Um, and we're going to we're gonna have some pretty simple conversation, two basic questions, but um, let's start with why agility? Why do you guys do agility? Why is agility valuable to do and spend all of your time and money and lives on because i know that's exactly what you do (laughs) all of it it takes it all it's really magical it's amazing um so for me i think it's you know it's a huge bonding thing um even if you never get to a competition point it's still something to do that pretty much all dogs love in some way shape or form um it gives them the physical activity especially our couch wolves crave and also that mental uh, activity because you know that's sometimes more important with these smart little things um <laughs> it's you know like i said it's it's bonding thing for for us as a team it's also a confidence builder for the on the dog side of things um 
as they get to learn the obstacles and, you know, get to read your body cues, it just, you know, it does, it brings a lot of dogs out of their shell. Um, and it gives, you know, a common goal for dog and handler to kind of work with. And, and obviously we make great friends doing it. So that helps the handler side of things and the dog side of things. My dogs are weird and very picky, but you know, all of the dogs that, you know, us three own get along famously with each other. And mm-hmm. it's, and it cracks me up because I think, I swear they know. I swear they know all their agility dogs. They're like, yeah, you're okay. Even my Kima at where we're training at now, um, she's friends with the Shelties. She's like, oh, this is fine. Y'all are agility friends. We're cool with this. And they know her and they're like, oh, okay, we're cool. Like, it just, it like really cracks me up. So. That makes sense because, I mean, at least Journey knows show humans versus strangers. Strangers yeah. he ignores, but show humans, he's like, give me food. I know you have food. Yeah. Give me food. So oh, I do. Yeah. I would totally believe the dogs know sport humans and other sport dogs. I think that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's kind of my why. Well, the same. So <laughs> apparently, apparently I have money to burn. I didn't know that, but <laughs> apparently I do. <laughs> and a lot of times. It's that <laughs> secret dog fund that none of us know we have. Yeah. Spend all the time. Yes. Oh. <laughs> credit, credit card bill. <laughs> I really didn't need a dog walking an apron in my backyard, but somehow I have a dog walking an apron in my backyard. <laughs> yes, all of the things. Uh, amazing what you can do in some small, small yards, you know? Yes, this is true. Yeah. So that's why agility for me. Uh, you know. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I definitely started agility because, honestly, we I had got that one dog that was supposed to be a happy little lap dog and it ended up being my couch pig who ended up being you know, top four pugs in the country for five different years. Like multiple Um, times. She just never slept. And I did not know what to do. And I was a horse trainer before this. And I was like, I should do something right (laughs) with this dog because this dog literally just wants to work. She needs a job. She can't just be, she was supposed to be couch pig. She didn't want to be a couch pig. (laughs) Um, So for me, it was, it was a great outlet to work her brain because if not, she went into destructive mode. And I feel like a lot more than I'm dealing with the couch wolves and some of those students, which thank you, Molly and Katie, uh, have been coming to my lessons. Um, Send all the agility couch wolves to Kate. It's a Caitlin. (laughs) All of them forever. forever. I'll take all of them. They're great. And uh, really, really enjoying the experience. Always have to work those brains. You know, the brain is the first part. You wear that part out. You're in a good spot then. At least then uh, your dog might want to play fetch a little bit, but maybe not want to eat your uh, hardwood floor, which is seems to be my <laughs> my ongoing issue. Oh my god. Oh man. Get it out of your system a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Yeah. So actually, I have some experience. My mom did agility for probably ten or more years, long before I owned dogs. Wow. I actually had not met anybody who's like second generation agility competitor. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I had zero interest in it. I'm like, that's what my mom does on the weekend because she has no kids now. We all live out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a home, begged for a dog, or begged for a dog, ended up getting a dog. Um, and I left my adorable little dog with my mom when I went away for a couple of days and I came back and my adorable little dachshund was sequencing in the backyard, just like my mom's <laughs> with my mom. She's like, she really loves this. So the rest is kind of history. But, um, at first I just kind of did it because like, it was like a fun thing that mom was paying for, for me to do with my dog and we all like <laughs> mom's paying for stuff. And then when I started realizing like what it was, it's this insane way to communicate with an animal that doesn't speak the same word language with you mm-hmm. and you can literally show them like 
glowing lines on the ground that tell them where to go on a course that they can't, they have no idea. There's just obstacles on the floor and you send them out there and you can get them to work with you. It's like running in your own tiny little wolf pack. Yeah. And like, it's such a weird communication. You can communicate and they want to. Yeah. They're like, show me. I like this. What do we do? How do we do it right? Where do we go? Let's and then, do it together. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's do this. It's such a cool communication with nature. Like I'm really about like going in the woods with my dogs and stuff. So this is just a branch out to it. That's awesome. I, I mean, it is. And how did you guys get started? I mean, I know most of us we take a class or wherever we go to dog school. Maybe they offer something, but I don't know. What What's your story? So. Well, Sarah kind of told her story. That's yeah, true. Yeah. You were born. You you were like born into it. So I, yeah. I think, again, I think that's pretty. I mean, it's like part of our videos in our, like, our <laughs> video there. So it's interesting too because usually you hear about like second generation confirmation people, yeah. like you know kids who do juniors. But again, it's not very often you hear second generation agility because I mean it is because it's a it's one of the newer ish sports so yeah i do i think that's pretty cool so yeah caitlin and katie how did you get involved um you can go um so i got involved in agility uh when i brought my pug home and she would not sleep and she was starting to shred things in their house uh, i realized that i needed to work some of her brain so i started doing some obedience and my mom actually was is or is best friends with the owner of pineland's dog training center ah (laughs) yeah, so I actually, and I rode horses with her for years, and she knew my, my natural ability for the horse world and thought that it might translate into the dog world as well, and said, hey, why don't you come try this out? And in three lessons, my pug was ready to join an actual uh, competition class, and just she just loved it from the second we got out in the field. Um, she sometimes loved it a little bit too much. We went through a, a phase of... I can't hear you. You don't. I don't see you. I'm gonna run around the whole outside of the ring because this is the best day ever. <laughs> uh, we went through, uh, which I'm sure some of you Casuals fans uh, and friends out there have definitely gone through that one. I, I'm there <laughs> now, guys. What are we talking? Saga's like, oh, it's a jump. Oh, it's another jump. Wait, I'm free. Woohoo! And that's that. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's like their own little recovery walk inside of uh, inside yeah. of training. We just have to have, you know, those couple extra minutes of, ooh, I have to smell everything over on this side of the ring first before we move on. Yeah. It's very exciting out there and lots of new smells. So Yes, lots of new smells is a great point, too. Um, I know I'm, like, totally sidetracking this, but I know so many competitors get frustrated and angry at their dogs, and I see this at trials and matches all the time where the dog goes to sniff, either to, to do a stress reduction sniff or just out of curiosity because they don't go there very often. And the yeah. owners get so mad instead of being like, well, that's actually a very natural thing and maybe we should train instead of getting angry. So I think it's awesome you brought that up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, different methods, definitely, for, for training that one. Uh, mine had to be a little bit more of, a, I think, a shocking experience because she just thought it was the best day in the whole world. I ended up going and hiding behind my car before <laughs> she realized that, oh, we're no longer playing together. Huh. I might not like this after all. And then I came back in the ring, and all of a sudden, ever since that day, we've kind of had that extra little bit of partnership when she yeah. realized, oh, wow, it's really not fun to play this game alone. Yeah, and that, but I mean, that's fair. That's a functional consequence. That's if you don't play, I don't play. And then the dog's yeah. like, oh, well, I still want to play, so let me not go do that again. So I can I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting, interesting, fun little 
fun little challenge to get through, but I think everyone has their own little personal challenges. That minor speed bump in the road. Mm-hmm. What did I hit? Oh. 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 Dude, cool. Um, sorry. It's on in the, yeah, so, you know. What did you, uh, what, okay, you can tell us about whatever you, because nobody at home knows what's going on, so why don't you tell them what you're watching? It's, it's the, the 24 inch class, so we're just, it was a burger Picard, so we were like, oh, that's we a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sarah knows like, all of them, if I if I recall correctly. Yeah, so because um, almost eliminated. So and then I got started because of Kima, because uh, she's insane, and <laughs> I, when she was uh, about five months old, I used to dog park with her. Uh-huh. So I don't obviously dog park any of my dogs anymore for various reasons. <laughs> but I used to dog park her, and she was this little baby thing. So in this, that was okay. Sorry, a frame. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so I used to dog park her, and she was obviously in the small dog side. Um, and this woman shows up with this British woman with a little border collie puppy friend, and goes in, and, and you know, Kima and this border collie start playing. They're about the same age, and Kima is literally running circles around this border collie, like legitimately turning on a dime, zooming like a psycho for like <laughs> minutes at a time. Like it was pretty impressive. And this woman goes, um, have you ever thought of getting that dog a new agility? To which I replied, <laughs> agility, because I had no clue what was happening. Um, and she goes, well, uh, you know, agility is like an obstacle course. And she kind of describes it. And she's like, I'm actually an agility instructor. Um, why don't you come check out some classes? And I did. And that's kind of where we were at. And Kima just took to it and loved it. And um <laughs> Obviously, we had many speed bumps <laughs> had to deal with. Um, but, yeah, she just took to it and uh, loved the class and loved learning and, and working. So it, it kind of all, you know, just happened like that. And, yeah. And, and now she's, what, the top ra- top ranked? She's the top, bits. yeah, finished bits in history. So um, incredible. Which <laughs> is amazing. We uh, we almost, uh, Diana, who I don't know if she listens, but uh, my friend Diana, who lives in Texas, has the – the doc, the finish this with the most invitationals invites. He's got five. Keem's only got four because of her illness. Um, we, you know, don't compete anymore. But, um, but other than that, I think I think Diana's dog Woo. He was the, I guess, then the second, um, you know, highest, whatever, earning, titling, whatever. Um, Finky. So yeah. So between the two of them, we're we're pretty good. You know, well represented. We're yeah, sort of. You know, what? Well, it's pretty. going strong because she does love it. Um, she'll play on everything but the dog walk. The dog walk is her thing because that's the first thing that she got freaked about when she had her issues pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was how we actually knew something was wrong because she took the dog walk weird. Um, so, but everything else, she's pretty good. So we might, you know, we might get her back out there and preferred eventually. She loves running in California. She loves running outside because she's environmentally a little bit stressy. So mm-hmm. big buildings, loud noises are not her friend. So running outside to her is like the best. And there's not much of that around here anymore. So I'm happy we get to do a little bit more of it in California because she really digs it. That's so we'll awesome. Say- you know, it's funny listening to you guys and going over your achievements. And I realize that we have quite the bit of overachievers today because, you know, we do. We have the top finished bits. We have one of the top pugs. We have one of the top dachshunds and not in agility but at least i have top singing dog in yeah. things like nose work yeah, and rally i i will not be what was that he's killing it he is killing it. i don't know if mr face is going to be playing agility anytime in his lifetime but <laughs> hey well, you never know 
If he ever wants to, you know who to call. Uh, I do. I also need to find a facility with very high walls and locks and ring gates. But yes, we can certainly yeah, contemplate. And it's, Pilots can do that. We'll just take all, all of Pinelands. It's fine. Yeah. That might work. Yeah. Because it really comes down to, and it's not that I'm afraid he's going to try and leave during a run. It's that, like, if something exciting like a squirrel or something is outside or somebody opens the door and he's like, Ooh, shiny. What's that? So that's what I'm always more worried about. He's actually very good about staying on task. Um, Cause he did show us that in off leash rally, but that, that leads me to another question. So as a group class instructor for many, many years, I constantly had students come to me and they were doing awesome. They did their pet classes, their manners, their puppy classes. And a lot of them, the next thing they were interested in doing was agility. And you know, we, we would try to accommodate them in very basic things, but I think the challenge is how to get a dog from just having basic pet skills into being successful in agility. How does an owner make that leap? Because um, I think the picture in their head is, oh, we're just going to show up and they're going to do it, right? <laughs> well, I think it, you know, uh, and of course we're going to say there's a ton to it because of who we are and how we like to train our dogs and mm -hmm. what we feel is what we feel that trial ready competition ready looks like mm -hmm. um as opposed to other people who just have different ideas and different ways of doing things we're just um, slightly opinionated we're, <laughs> yes well if just, you weren't opinionated i wouldn't have you on and after we're done taping <laughs> this we wouldn't be taping the secret podcast version of this conversation uh -huh. so opinions that'll be, that'll be fun mild uh, opinions are welcome now and yeah significant yeah. opinions are welcome uh, later <laughs> but so so yeah so in that regard i think that going from you know more pet dog centric training um and basic manners to agility isn't it's not as as difficult a leap as some might think i think things that people need to remember are you're not going to go to an agility well you're not going to go to mm, an agility <laughs> class of substance um and just get on an a-frame it's not going to happen that way um you're not going to just run your dog over equipment on a leash if there's any instructor. I'm just saying things. They're cringing at me, but it's true. It's my, I, oh, hopefully. Well, hopefully, right. But, and I think it's very important that people know that that's not, it's just not a good idea for so, so many reasons, safety being the number one. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be all about just getting them on it quicker, faster. Well, you're um, right. And what you're saying is super important. You know, I know that you guys are voicing an opinion that not everyone's going to agree with, but let's be frank. We also belong to the dog commu training community where not every opinion uh, is going to match everyone else's. But as Katie, as you're saying, I think having a higher standard for agility instruction is very important. And I think what you're saying is it matters is that not everyone realizes that there are foundations that should be taught before you get to play on the equipment. Yeah. It, and there, and there are, and, you know, I think in terms of opinions, I think any agility person with any real knowledge is going to agree with that, you know, but <laughs> in general, so again, it's, it's an expectation of going from manners classes to agility. It's not going to be just get on the stuff, uh, you know, right away. Um, but there are things that, you know, the dog needs to have before starting classes like that. Um, one would be some focus, just a smidge, just a smidgen. Um, focus can be worked on an obviously new environment, new people, a new group of dogs, you know, distractors are present, but 
in most cases from what, you know, I've seen doing foundations classes for so many years, and I'm sure what, you know, Sarah and Caitlin have experienced, a lot of dogs, if they have a good foundation for working with their people in some capacity, um, they get over that relatively quickly, usually within the first couple weeks. And all of a sudden the dogs are going, oh, sweet, we're going to have fun. We're going to do things with my people. I get a lot of food or toys, awesome sauce. And then they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that don't are the ones that maybe their people just aren't quite sure how to work with them in, in any capacity, not just in agility, but, mm-hmm. um, and also those that, you know, maybe they don't put in the extra work outside of class um, because, you know, focus and attention and working on that relationship stuff, recalls included, um, you can do tons of that with no equipment needed whatsoever. And realistically, if you're going to an agility class once a week and then the rest of the time you're working on that outside, you're going to be like really, really solid in so many things, getting your, your dog used to different environments and all that. You're going to be well ahead of the game. You don't need all the stuff at home. Um, we have it cause we're insane now, um, <laughs> but you don't need it really. And I think week after week, people will see their dogs progressing and doing awesome stuff because they have that attention. They don't need to, you know, beg the dog to play with them. Um, so I think, you know, that's something that people going from pet stuff and matter stuff to agility really need to be aware of. Um, and also, you know, they need to be aware that agility again (laughs) any in my opinion agility class worth going to and looking into it's going to be uber positive you are going to go through a ton of cookies you are going to play with a ton of toys like it is it is all about building the relationship and building the fun um because the the dog doesn't come out of you know the womb like being like there's pvc i'm gonna jump it like like Sarah was saying earlier like this stuff is just there like so there's no intrinsic value for them it really isn't but it's a matter of that teamwork you know and building that that up for them and making it this fun little game they're little like their little wolf pack run I love that that's so cool yeah so yeah so I think uh, I think that's definitely stuff that people need to keep in mind going to you know, a foundation class and getting started. And realistically, you know, it's not for every dog. No, no one thing is for every dog. Um, we're fortunate that we have dogs that love it. However, I mean, I have Yari who has decided that agility at home is cool and agility sometimes in class is cool, but in the outside world, it is not cool. Mm-hmm. We don't like trials and that's his thing. So, you know, if there were no other dogs and that's trials, he'd be okay. <laughs> But, you know, there are, and that's life, and we, we do other outlets, and he still gets to play sometimes. Um, and then same, I know, with uh, Sarah's Sarah's big pig, big catch pig. Um, big she's pig. getting back into it more, but, you know, Sarah, you know, took breaks and works with her and built that confidence back up, but now she's getting back into it. But if she never did, Sarah doesn't care. It's, you know, she's still her big pig and has <laughs> tons of fun hanging out at trial sites. So, you know, it's all in good fun. And I think, uh, you know. People need to remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> but we can get more to that later. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think I think one of the challenges amongst this community is just the overarching idea that these dogs can never, ever, ever be trusted off leash. And yes, agility is is an off leash game. It's funny, he doesn't yell when you're yet when you're talking. He just yells when I'm talking. Um, he's like, No, mom, you can't tell this story. But it's 
Interesting. I mean, because you guys, and I think any good agility instructor will challenge the idea that, no, a dog can be off leash if they have a job. It's when you give a dog freedom without any sort of confinement or boundary or training, you're going to get yourself into trouble. Um, at what point do you, do you guys find the skills are in place to let the dog move around the ring versus just like the little tiny training space where they're learning attention and cones and stuff like that. Um, I think it kind of depends on, for me at least, I like to watch every team a little bit differently. I think it's individual for that. Mm -hmm. I have uh, a little Esky that just joined the class like two weeks late, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, who was super, super dog reactive, uh, right out the gate, just lunging and screaming its head off and, more just because it's never had a job before in its life and has no clue what mm -hmm. being out there and just having a good time is. So for her, our goals were different than what they were going to be for some of the other students in my class. So what we did was I just kind of do an individual approach. Like uh, if your dog's not ready to be off the leash, I'm going to challenge you when I think you're ready. But I think that it's really dependent on the dog. The dog mm -hmm. has to tell you when they're ready. And for this little dog, this last week at class was her, it was her week. It was, you know, week four and the dog came out and went, Oh, I get to play this game. Didn't lunge at a single dog. Didn't show any of those original behaviors of stress was ready. Just came ready to work. And that was when we were like, okay, you know what? Everyone out of the ring for a second. Let's let this dog loose and see, see what she has. And she performed beautifully. She got to do with little three little obstacles in a sequence, which is like a huge goal for mm -hmm. some people you know? yeah. just to get for sure. three in a row. Yeah. Is, it's a lot sometimes yeah. for those. Well, and you made you made a really important point, and that's that every dog's going to be an individual. Every dog walks into that training space at a different point, and owners should not worry about how their dog is progressing as compared to other dogs. They Every dog in that room has a different relationship with their owner. Every dog in that room has a different relationship with the training space and with the training methods and, and everything else that goes in. I mean, it's funny. This isn't about my dogs. What? What was that? And they're all okay. Too. Yes. They're all okay to do. Exactly. And it's funny. Um, I'm a firm believer in in my product productivity stuff and in my personal personal work that I do, um, doing work with other professionals is find something that you are the worst at in the room and be humbled by that. Because when you and I and the rest of us are very high achievers, it's very easy to forget what it feels like to not be really really good at something and it's nice because it puts me back in that position of where my students are at so now i take a martial arts class and i am at the bottom rung of that class and i struggle with the most basic things and you know i give my my sensei and my my classmates a lot of credit because i know they have no background in teaching animals or humans and really they're just going along with what they do traditionally in this martial art in in trying to instruct and there are spots where I'm like, dear God, they don't know how to teach. And other times I'm like, oh, okay, this is not so bad. But at the same time, I'm going, this is what it feels like to be that owner that walks into class for the first time and has no idea what they're doing. And yeah, their dog is exploding and freaking out and they can't get their dog to do the most basic thing. And it's it's satisfying and humbling again to, to put myself back in that position to be like, oh yeah, now, now I remember what it's like to, to struggle at something. Um, but no, I think that's awesome, Caitlin, that you really described how somebody shouldn't, you know, like you said, shouldn't worry. They should just enjoy the training with their dog. And I mean, I don't know, Sarah, Caitlin, Katie, uh, voice in on this, but you guys have been doing this forever. Is there a finish line to training agility? Nope. 
Never, never. It never ends. It's magical. Nope. <laughs> You're always going to strive for tighter turns. You're always going to strive for a better contact, faster weave pulls, uh, distance. Like what? Well, it's just like it's literally never ending. Um, which is, I think, another part of why we love it so much. We can always. I mean, we're all relatively ambitious with things, so you know, we there's just there's never. It's never ending. It's it's wonderful. You can always find a way to challenge yourself and your dog and to to make things even better, faster, flashier, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, part. go for, yes, exactly. It's like learning another language. You never stop practicing. You never stop learning. It's, yeah. you know, it's, there's every day something different. Yep. What's everyone's current goals at the moment? Oh, God. <laughs> can compete with Chelsea. I don't even know. Like, we're, we're struggle busing. The problem with outdoor trials is there's a lot more room, and I'm like, oh, it's fast, and now it's over there. Okay, bye. And now it's faster. <laughs> and now it's faster. Now it made me, it, it got angrier, and it's yelling at me from all the way over there. Um, yeah, I know that's you know, and just improving myself. I had a, a lesson with a, a pretty well known instructor a couple weeks ago, and it was very uh, eye opening that I've been doing this for a thousand, it feels like a thousand years, and I still am like, you know, can't even you know, do a really easy flowy thing, just jumps around, like just, just really nice and flowy. And I still can't do it without my dog being like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You're queuing late. What are we doing? I hate you. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it is very humbling at times, even with, even with non-casual friends, it is very humbling. Um, and remind you, you know, sometimes how bad of a handler you could are <laughs> in the grand scheme of life. It's like, oh, great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my goal, just get better and make it so the poor dog doesn't have to look to me between every obstacle, because at this point, that's what she's doing, so, <laughs> when she is fast dog, um, so yeah, that's, that's my life right now. <laughs> Kayla, what is your life? I think her life is similar to my life. <laughs> yeah, my life is similar to Katie's life. I have a very fast young dog oh my gosh, who is, crazy um, fast. who really thinks that she's right. 150% of the time and that I'm wrong 150% yeah. of the time. Um, so I am learning to realize when I'm being wrong and why she's perceiving it mm -hmm. as wrong so that I can correct, correct it before I continue to make the same mistakes because, you know, no matter what you do is no matter how frustrated you get, she yells at me, I yell back, we go nowhere. Yeah. She yells at me and I stop redirect and rethink we might get some more at the end yeah. of the day. That's kind of where we are in this little dance of figuring each other out how to become, you know, that ultimate team, which I think is my my ongoing goal is just to be the best teammate I can be for her mm -hmm. and learning how to do that and going from a dog that doesn't push as much, might have been a great dog and a great learning experience, but to a dog that likes to push and likes to, you know, question everything I do and uh, makes me question myself and, and handle better and, you know, getting this experience for training some of uh, the students that you guys have, have graciously uh, passed over to me. <laughs> um, it's been a really cool experience because I see some of the same challenges and I think like, yeah, we all, our paths are different and uh, we all have a different way we have to train. But even with the couch wolves, man, it's, it's, it's one day at a time. We got to find those common goals and, and reach for how our dogs can understand that language better. Because when you find it, I have a little Basenji girl that goes out there and 
she figured out this game on like week three and she just kills it now she comes to class and she's like I do everything excuse me get out of my way you know I know better than you now and if her mom makes a mistake the funny part is she will go and fix it and then look at her like see I told you it wasn't hard (laughs) it's like my favorite thing I love it oh god I just love that dog so much you're doing it wrong oh yeah she knows I'm doing it wrong I'm like she does and she's Correct. You have to. You are doing it wrong. Yeah, basically. Uh, basically. How about you, Sarah? What's your goals right now? I have two dogs that are going to the 2019 Canadian Open on Labor Day weekend. Woo! Woo! I did not get a buy for finals this year, so spoiled brat I am. We'll have to actually work for it. So I would like, <laughs> yeah. I would like to have two clean round ones or clear enough to get to finals with my dogs. Mm-hmm. And I would like, in addition to that, at least one podium per Keener Wiener, as we're mm-hmm. called in Canada. Oh, um, yes. And then we're going to hopefully continue that right on to the U.S. Open later in the year. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. Hashtag goals. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. The dogs work very hard. Hopefully the handler will uh, keep up. <laughs> It would be good if I fixed their dog walk. That is one of our actual training goals. Uh, the running dog walk is super trendy these days. There's a thousand ways to train it, so opinions matter. We'll make it work for your dog and be safe is always the advice. Talk to your trainers. Talk to your friends. Sarah and was not dog. running fast enough the first time through, so now she's doing a running dog yeah. walk. <laughs> I, I do always go faster. If, the answer, if you're not sure what the answer is, it's go faster. So How long wheels? I would like to yeah. Clean up my running dog walk and have some really, really impressive international cleaner winners. Yay! Little babies. That's amazing. That's so cool. I mean, you guys all have just such interesting, different goals, and they're all. Like you said, they're just going to keep growing and changing. Again, it's not a marathon with a finish line. You just keep training. You just keep doing. Marathon without a finish line. I think that's worse. (laughs) Marathon without a finish line? But that's exactly what it is. You're just going to keep training every day and spend all your money. And there's no finish line. Agility has a thousand different angles, a thousand different goals, a thousand Mm -hmm. different opinions from everybody. Yeah. And it's always changing. Your goals and your own feelings about it. My own personal feelings about it have changed tremendously from when I started. And they probably will always evolve. I think everybody does. Oh, yeah. Breeds of dogs change, your taste change, your running and physicality change. Mm -hmm. So all of those things together. It's not necessarily a marathon. It's like a, it's possible universes. You just open different doors. Oh, my God. Right now, Molly is totally doing her bird's nails. I am totally doing my bird's nails. His little face. He's just staring at the camera like, does anyone else see this right now? (laughs) Hi. Hi. Hi, bye, Frost. I learned something new today. Yeah, you do bird's nails. Hi, buddy. He says, dear God, somebody help me. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening right he now? He says, and by help me, I mean I'm just going to keep eating the, 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 the scarf. He's It's cute. He's wrapped in a silk scarf while I'm doing this. So instead yeah. of a big heavy, because he's a little bird, instead of a big heavy towel, I have him wrapped in a fox scarf that's actually partially covered in dog hair. Sorry, bud. But yes, because... I was, I felt bad. We're talking and I'm looking over his cage and I just could see how long his nails had gotten. And I was like, I'm such a bad mom. So let me take advantage of this. So yes, that, yeah. You're, you're, yes. Your podcast been interrupted briefly by parrot nails. <laughs> well, plus I was enjoying listening to your stories because I think they are, I think they're really inspiring and I, you know, and maybe 
one of the other interesting things is that, you know, you guys come from such different places with such different dogs. I mean, the only thing we have similar is two Shelties, but otherwise there's no similarity in your dogs. Um, You even have your own slightly different running styles. You know, that's why you all are such good friends because you can bounce things off each other. Um, But speaking of such a variety of dog breeds, what was that? So we yell at each other when we're being dumb. It makes me laugh. Yeah. So after the one trial, I sent a video to, to both of these guys of Sonia, and I was like, "Am I dumb? What did I? Am I, am I stupid?" And they're like, "Kind of, but no." They were very <laughs> nice. Try to make me feel better. <laughs> it's very, it's very positive. <laughs> and then, of course, we Facebook uh, videoed while I was at the trial site because yes. we're dorks like that. <laughs> I was like, "Hi, I'm here. I miss you." <laughs> it's very. In my car with like seat heaters on. It was like 70 degrees. <laughs> yeah, you guys are freezing to death, and Katie's like, it's a nice, balmy, you know, 70 degrees here. Like, I did it. This is awesome. I'm in a ball cap and it's sunny. Yeah. yeah. It, was so, it was so beautiful. So, so, speaking of the variety that you guys own and run and train, you know, we, we come back to the question that I think everyone asks, which is, are couch wolves, are primitive dogs especially, capable of participating and doing well in agility? Heck yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. Boy. Yeah. So, I, th- I mean, absolutely. Why not? I mean, you know, I think the only thing that would make it potentially not happen is a physical issue, but that's true for any dog. Mm-hmm. Um, well, physical for a handler or for a dog, you know, there's only so many things you can do sometimes and, you know, that's okay. Uh, but obviously there's also people that let others handle their dogs for them and that's just fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely think they can and should, because, again, I feel like it's it just is great for all dogs in so many ways. Um, and, it, you know, you don't have to compete. You don't have to do what we're doing because we're crazy. Um, you can, I don't know. Sorry for watching my husband bulbs. change a light bulb right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sorry. It's funny. Um, so, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's only going to make you stronger as a team, whether you hang out and play things in your living room or play things in your yard or do class once a week and that's it. Or if you aim to, you know, go to nationals, invitationals, wherever you want. Um, I think there's something for everyone and, you know, then the night, a lot (laughs) choosing words carefully so um you know and you know the people that you take classes with and your instructors again if they're if they're worth going to will celebrate with you every little milestone every little goal and they'll you know they'll work hard to get you there even if they don't know the answers they will try and find the answers for you they're not going to be afraid to say "Mm, i can't help you uh let's think about this and let's come up with a plan um and i think that's huge for casuals people especially here because it's not all Shelties and Border Collies. Um, of course, you know, I'm a little dark-siding it right now, but, <laughs> but you know, the reasoning is it's going to make me a better handler for any future couch wolf I get. Well, yeah, and you even said, you know, your, your Sheltie has not been a, a cheat sheet. You're struggling with your Sheltie, you know, just like you've struggled in other ways because yeah. your dogs are different. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's also been a learning curve in terms of, this is the first dog I've put all the foundations on, like every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's okay. How well did I do? <laughs> Let's is this, this is a test now. Let's see uh, how well I did. And in some things I did pretty good, and others I'm like, ooh, okay, hmm, missed the mark on that. <laughs> uh, won't name anything specific, but you know it's fine. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's 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 always a learning curve, no matter what type of dog you get. Even the most highly competitive borders and shelties they're going to come with their challenges and all it's going to do is prep you for the next dog or like Caitlin was saying it's going to prep you for the next student you teach or mm-hmm. the next you know agility wifey you have uh to help you help them do things <laughs> yeah. yeah we're agility wives um so okay well we're not in that other podcast yet guys not get to it. No, I'm just kidding. We have, to, we have special guests for the podcast. Like, we have to be <laughs> he was just changing the light bulb. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, we have no special guests. Yeah, I have actual dogs here. The actual dog. Um, but anyway, well, yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, absolutely they should do it. Um, even if, you know, going around a cone. That's cool. We love it. We love going around cones. It's great. Um, learning how to weave. Learning how to weave so much fun. Oh, it's awesome to teach it. You know, like. Even my other, the, my other that I never competed, Bubby and, and Penty, they loved it. They loved doing this stuff. Could they have competed? Oh, yeah, for sure. They totally could have. Um, I just got kind of lazy. Hi, you taking a picture of us? Yeah. I'm actually being weird and, and oh, taking. Sarah's not even in it. All right, well, no, but you guys, yeah, you can't even see you because your faces are no, itty bitty, teeny totally tiny. Um, no, I'm also doing behind the scenes recording. But, uh, but anyway. I'm glad so, I yeah. you a take here today. Yeah, represent. So, um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I love it. It's great. I'll never not play agility. Just like I'll never not do nose work. <laughs> awesome things. So, yeah. So, yeah, everyone should do it forever. <laughs> I mean, for sure. It's realistic goals. Your breed, your personal dog. Yeah. The biggest detractor from it is setting goals based on just the goals you think you hear about in agility. You have to. True that. Being realistic, setting goals for the dog you own. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. not living through the dog you own for your future dog. Yeah. Training like training the dog you own now because it's now. I mean, unless you have a lot of money and get a stable full of dogs, sometimes you do have a dog <laughs> that cannot be computed. Yeah. Um, but you will in the future, you know. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is having a peer group and a training center that helps you set those goals so you don't leave thirsty for something that's probably not in the cards for your particular team for sure but so that you have so much enthusiasm for what you actually can do because like it's the chicken and the egg agility creates this incredible bond and communication with your dog but if you don't have this incredible way to communicate with your dog your foundation doesn't work so it's a constant evolution back and forth but it's really about what works for the team you have now Mm -hmm. live for that team plan for the future but set the goals for what you have and learn to enjoy that yeah a lot of our community you see things and you hear things and people are so driven and it's all about these things in the future i have goals for the future for a very big international competition but this is my one dog is seven my other dog is already three almost four this is experience yeah nova's gonna be eight this year this is something experience again personally i had a very strange journey with agility in the last few years that changed a lot of my personal goals and it doesn't say my previous ones weren't realistic, but I learned what my team and my relationship meant. And again, yeah, it's always yeah. a gift. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, gosh, with, with Saga's dad, Mashi, you know, I had, 
dreams of like, oh yeah, we're going to go all the way through UD. And then just time caught up with us and life got busy and we were still trialing. But you know, his eyesight and his, his back leg issue as he's gotten older, he, he, he was playing with another dog and he crashed into the wall and he just screwed up his hip somehow. And at the time the vet did, didn't diagnose it as something that probably should have gotten PT, but you know, you, you don't always get, you know, all the information you need when you get it. So yeah, he finished his CDX, but it's just not on the cards for him to finish a UD and that's okay. He's still the, but you know, still my buddy. We still do all sorts of stuff together. He's just not going to go in the ring and do utility. So yeah, I agree with you that part have goals and walk the journey to get to them. But those, those goals are going to change just as the scenery changes because you know, the different components change opportunities come and go, but you know, it's the act of doing it with your dog that, you know, doors will open and close, but this tooth, the, the constant, which is you and your dog will always stay the same. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And I, yeah. And to Sarah's point, you know, it's, it's huge in like a mental game thing and not a mental game thing just in the competition, but in the, you know, mentally, what do I want for us? And also it, and what environment is right for us, which Sam will get more into in the next thing. Um, you know, but it's also, you know, it's a physical thing. It's, you know, Kima was six when she was diagnosed with her illness and that like stopped us dead in our tracks of doing really good thing to she's a very consistent dog. And then, you know, little pig got some knee issues that required some surgery. So that, you know, and that was another thing too, you got to be like, wow, this is awful. So let's deal with it. Let's figure it out. You know, can we come back? I know a little pig came back for a little bit, but then had another issue. Mm. So, um, you know, one ACL goes, the other one follows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she still wants to do it. She does. She's like the yeah. happiest little pig. Now oh, I don't. I don't think that ever goes away. I mean, I can tell Mashi any of his competition obedience cues, and he's just like, "I can do it, mom. Even though I know I can't sit, I'm gonna do it." I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and it's just, it's, it's, yeah, like that's just another aspect of, like Molly, I like that the scenery, you know. What changes and what can we do now to make this work? And um, so yeah, I think that's a huge thing to remember too, because yeah, it's always gonna, it's always gonna change. It's fun. That's the fun thing about it. And there's so many venues and so many, again, different trial environments and different types of courses and all that good stuff. Um, so still you know, growing and changing and becoming oh, more yeah. available to to even the teams that aren't looking for the big level competition. You for know? sure, CPE coming around and and different things like that are, are really really helpful to the younger teams coming up, which is nice because it's not one goal is not going to be the same for everybody. That's yep. for sure. And I think that's the the best thing about agility is setting your own goals. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Yeah, it's just I mean I think you know it all boils down to this is a really phenomenal way to engage with your dog, get to know your dog, do something fun with your dog, run literally with your dog. Um, and that's really special. And whatever your end goal is, sure. Have an end goal, work towards it. If you get it great. If you don't, that's cool. Look at all the million things you got to do along the way. Um, but it is, it's a great outlet for your dog. There's, there's lots of different opportunities depending on where you live. And like you said, what your dog's capable of doing, um, or where you are in your training as to how you can participate, but it's certainly, you guys have certainly made it sound worthwhile. Do you have anything you else you want to add before we, uh, hop over to the other podcast? 
No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm saving for that bad boy. <laughs> I think it actually goes really well with the couch wolves thing. Um, one of my first close community friends that we share a lot of the similar opinions about certain things. She did not run a traditional breed. However, her dog happened to be pretty fast um, height-wise for not being a Border Collie or Sheltie. And she always used to say, run with your buddy. People might be jealous if your buddy happens to be a little fast. People might not be so respectful if your buddy happens to be slow and you don't pick that breed, you know, the competitive breeds. But run with your buddy because at the end of the day, like, that's what you wanted. Yeah, for sure. You picked this breed because there was something about it that meant a lot to you. And if this agility game is what you're playing with this breed, be proud of that. Celebrate that breed. Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. What phenomenal advice. Seriously. I think you need to put that on like a dog greeting card, man. That's awesome. That was my friend, Karen Shelling. She's a trainer. She was running an English Springer Spaniel for yeah. many years. Oh, that's great. Anything you want to add, Caitlin? No, just keep on, keep on pushing. Just set the next goal ever changing and just have fun with your dogs. Cause this, you know, the older I get, the more fun I just want to have with my dog, and the more time I wish I had. And oh yeah, you know, I think that's it's it's just it's a blast. It's just it's so much fun. You know, dog sports are fun in general. Any sport that you are willing to put the time into, just really take a step back when you get frustrated. Look at your dog and realize just like what a journey you've already been on and what a journey it is to come. Because that's the training, the everyday, the little moments. Those are what are what are important. Not the big goals at the end of the day. Even if you achieve them, it's all those little moments that got you there. So just really enjoy the ride because that's what I'm learning is one day at a time. You know, man, I just, I love it. The days we fight, the days we get along, the days I want to quit and cry. And I call Katie like, I can't freaking do this anymore. <laughs> you know what? Little moment. Yeah, then you yeah. have that one little moment where you're so loud. Think something. Find something. Yes. That There's like a second of like, brain power. Please. There it is. There's everything you gave in for. And you know what? It's the more I put it that way, the less stressed and frustrated I get anymore. And it just gives me, I want it. I want it more and I want it more mm. and I want it more. No, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I... The background in a lot of the videos that our members see or photographs of um, in my office, one of my entire walls is dedicated to a decent chunk of my ribbons, probably like two thirds of them. I've just I've run out of room and thumbtacks and patience to hang them up, but <laughs> they're up there not to gloat or to be like, oh, my God, look at me. They're really up there to humble me and to remind me how far we've come. All the every one of those ribbons was a day we went out and did something together. And it's. I, I, I recently hung up, well, I recently was, I, I took down, I had all of, all I had tons of certificates all over my house to the point where it was just getting ridiculous. And I was like, all right, let me put these in a book. Let me, um, let me collect them all. Let me see which ones are missing that have gotten buried or never got printed out from the websites where they don't send them to you. Um, you know, I was just going through a lot of them and just thinking, and, and this will go into actually an upcoming blog post about where we've come, what we've done, um, what that was like, what that meant. So yeah, having that wall of ribbons is not just like, oh, wow, I did all this cool stuff. I've got a couple ribbons up there that were pretty important personal goals for me and my dog. Well, my dogs don't care, but for me, um, <laughs> they, they care about doing stuff. They don't care that yeah. I came home with a ribbon that was bigger than them. But like, I look at them and I'm just like, wow, we did all those things together. You know, I have a picture of, of Haiku back when he was young enough to lure course, the, uh, 
What's the date on there? He got his coursing title right after the sport came out. We got into it really, really early, and then he got old. But I'm looking at June 2nd, 2012, and it's just a fantastic photograph of him running full out. And I've got some other pictures when Mashi was at All-Star. Just just great stuff here. And, and thinking, yeah, we did all that. And, you know, not to say that having a dog that just goes hiking or does pet dog stuff isn't amazing and wonderful too but it's just nice to have all of these little memories these little reminders being like oh yeah when he got high in trial at barn hunt when he found the rat in like 0.9 seconds and like you know just just all the cool things that they've done and I know like Katie I don't know what your place is like in California but I remember walking around your house and you'd have your 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 uh, agility bar and you'd have all of your other things out and again it's just those mementos of the of those points in your journey together and that chance to reflect on them and be like we did that and we did that and we did that that's so cool you know it's really special when they're old and they're retired and you can't you can't go back and do those things anymore you can reflect back on that yeah yeah all right guys well thank you and I, you know, for our listeners who have stuck with us, you know, this far, thank you for listening. Thank yeah. you for being such an amazing community. Thank you for honoring your couch wolves, your primitive dogs and celebrating them for who they are and, and sometimes their unique and or challenging nature. And I want to thank our guests for chatting with us today about agility. It's certainly something I enjoy dabbling in, but it's not my expertise. It's your expertise. So I, I'm so grateful for you sharing your experiences with us today. We're gonna hop on over and do a podcast for our premium member or premier members. Our premier members are the members that keep us going that allow for us to create content for you and keep the website going and you know compensate some of our amazing members for their time. So if you are curious to know our more off-the-cuff opinions of things. <laughs> the, <laughs> the stuff we can't put on Apple Podcasts. Sarah's been waiting. Sarah's, Sarah's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to hear that stuff, hop on over there. Um, yeah. there, there is a membership fee. However, that membership fee pays for itself. Uh, you get a webinar every month, which we normally sell for $30, and that automatically pays for it. And we also have discount codes for our online classes. So if you use discount code on a class, that also is paid for that month of membership at as a premier Couch Wolves member. So think about joining us. Come see all the fun content. We have vlogs and podcasts and webinars and coaching calls and just all sorts of awesome content. Just a totally shameless plug, but I'm probably going to do an agility online class and just letting y'all know. Oh, <gasps> that's, that's, yeah. that's, you don't need A-frame for it. So don't worry. <laughs> you got this. No A-frames required, but I think it'll be a good stepping stone for those people that are like curious, but don't want to go to a class with their, potentially go to a class with their off free right away. Look, I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm going to give you the lowdown for you even get to class. You're going to go in there and kill it because you're going to know it all. Yeah, Great. and your teachers are going to go, oh, my God, you're like a savant, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you it, might change some minds about your dog, which yes. is great. And I'm doubly excited because I actually didn't get confirmation about this until right now with you listeners. Yeah, so, yeah, well, you know, it. well now, it. now, and you get to hold Katie accountable. So if you don't see this class oh. in the next few months. Give me a little bit. Give me, give me a minute. I just moved out there. <laughs> 
But no, that's super duper exciting. I, I'm thrilled. And now the other cool thing about uh, the Couch Wolves website is that all classes are on demand. So yeah. you don't have to wait for a specific launch date or, well, I mean, you have to wait till it launches officially, but you don't have to wait for a certain month or a certain day to join a class. You can just, once it's up there, you can sign up, you can sign up as a regular student or you can sign up as an honor student instead of, you know, posting videos and all those complicated things that slow everybody down. Instead, as an honor student, you get three 30 minute private uh, remote sessions with your instructor. So I think that's pretty darn sweet. I think that's actually a better deal than a lot of the online portions. And we've had some really, really cool students participate in that and make huge leaps and bounds yeah. in their classes. And the cool thing is you can use those sessions whenever. So if you're, you know, you've practiced already four weeks and you're really stuck on week four, great, let's get you through week four. Or let's, you know, oh, you saved them and you're, you've got two in week six and maybe you want some help knowing where to progress from there. Great, let's do it. Yep. So check out all that stuff on the website, guys. Thank you again so much for listening. And if you're a Premier member, hop on over and and uh, listen to the not-so-PC opinions that maybe we have about the subject. All right, thank you again, and we look forward to talking to you again next time. Bye-bye.